just going to tell you, the neighbor next to you needs to know you need to lift your head up. Come on, say, neighbor, you need to lift your head up. It's not over yet. Amen? Can I get somebody to say, it's not over? Come on, say, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. I am so pumped up today. I don't even know if y'all are going to be able to deal with this or not. But we're going to try it. Amen? I have got an anointed dry erase board. How many of you know there's a lot of times that I, I the teaching gift is, is on me today? Amen? But I woke up, listen, at 3.43 this morning, and I was praying for you. No, 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 no. It's so emotional that I was praying for you. Because what we are about to do today is going to shift something in your life. No, no, are you ready for something to shift in your life? Because we've been talking about the soul. And when and that song says, you know, lift your head. It's going to take you in your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions to lift your head up and say, I am going to get up and I'm going to move from this place into what God has for me. Can I get an amen? So I want to talk a little bit about soul ties. Everybody say soul ties. Okay, how many of you guys are on Facebook? I want you to get out your phone. Come on, right now. Right now, this very moment, get out your phone. I'm going to give mine to my wife and let her do it. And I think you can go to Facebook, right? You go to Facebook and it says, create a post. All right? Create a post. Everybody there? It says, create a post. And then you can scroll down and it says, camera. And I want you to take a picture of that screen where it says, soul ties. You can zoom in. You can take a picture, right? I can take a picture of that. And then it says, add your story, profile, filters, I'm done. And I have put it on there. And I am going to say something about this photo. I'm getting free today. <laughs> I'm getting free today and I'm posting that. Okay? So I'm posting that. Are You want to get free today? Anybody want to get free today? There are some things that we have to realize because when, when we talked a little bit about our, our mind, our will, and our emotion, we talked about our soul. Everybody say soul. We talked about our soul. We've talked about it for basically three weeks now, and this is the third week. Jesus came to restore our soul. Say it with me. Jesus came to restore our soul. You know what I mean? When he not only restored me, he restored my soul. But then there's a process that I have to go through on the soul restoration. And today we are at a place where it's time for you to take a quantum leap forward. Lon, are you ready to take a quantum leap forward? You're going to take a quantum leap forward. You're going to, it's going to happen so fast today that you're going to look back after today and you're going to say something shifted within my mind, my will, and emotions, and you're going to bring it right back. God's going to bring it right back to you and say, this was the day. Say, today's the day. Does God want your soul to prosper? Absolutely, He wants you to prosper. So we're going to deal with soul ties today. There are good soul ties, and there are not so good, bad soul ties. Can I say that? There are godly soul ties, and there are ungodly soul ties. We're going to look at a couple of them today. We're going to look at some of the godly ones. But real quick, I want to do a, re a review. Psalms 23.3, David himself said, He restores my soul. Say it with me. He restores my soul. He says He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. God wants to restore our soul. Let's look at the, the, the word restoration. It's an act of replacing in a former state. It means renewal. It means revival. It means reestablishment. It means recovery. And there's my, I love this next one where it says, the process of changing from a bad state into a good state. Say it with me. The process of changing from a bad state to a good state. I need my mind in the process going from a bad thoughts to good thoughts. Anybody there? Oh, come on, somebody. I'm, I'm going to break this thing down today, and we're going to make it. You're going to look at it and go, it's very simple, and it's very practical, but we're going to watch some really great things begin to happen. So not only do I need my mind restored, changed from a bad state to a good state, 
But I need my will restored. That, you know, if I want to do whatever I want to do when I want to do it, how many of you know it may not benefit me? But if I want to have my will, God, I want your will, not my will. And God wants you to have his will also. And how about our emotions? I've, I need my emotions to be the emotions of God. I need compassion when I need compassion. There's times where I may not be too compassionate. And there's times where I may be overly compassionate. And God wants to bring this balance to us within our soul. So we're going to look at our foundational scripture. Anybody know what the foundational scripture is? It's third, 3 John 2. And it says, that, it says this. Beloved, I pray that in all respects that you may what? Prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Does God want you to have a prosperous soul? Let me ask again. Does God want you to have a prosperous soul? He wants you to prosper. Well, pastor, I need to prosper in money. Well, he wants you to prosper in that. Well, I need to prosper in peace. Anybody need that? I need that. Yeah, I need to have it. How about wisdom? I want to prosper in wisdom. In all aspects, he wants you to prosper in your mind, your will, and your emotion. You remember our example when we had the three guys come up and, and we're praying pray for Shorty and Angela today. They're dealing with some health issues and we pray healing over them. Amen. Right now in Jesus' name. And Shorty was the, the tall guy and we said he needs to be the spirit where the spirit rules over the soul and the soul tells the body what to do. Are you with me? So we saw that. We saw how that progression takes place. But how many times do, do we really have to deal with some things within our soul? And I think it has to be, we have to deal with them time and time again until it's restored. Hello? How many of you know restoring a house may take time? Anybody ever done some building restoration that goes on in somebody's house? It takes some time and there's a process in which you've got to go through. So when we looked at last week, we looked at the three things that begin to happen when your soul is restored. Number one was, and I'm not sure if I've got that mic up there for you, but uh, number one was advance the knowledge of truth. Okay, So we need to advance the knowledge of truth. Go back one more slide. There we go. And we need to, we need to know the truth because the truth will set me free. We're going to get free today. I need some things in my life to change and shift. And I believe that these soul ties, these ungodly soul ties that we're going to talk about we're, are, are going to be the way that we're going to break those things off today. So I'm excited. I am so pumped about today that I'm excited about what's taking place. And it was a battle because after I, after I got out of bed, I had some rumbling in my tummy. Are you with me? And I said, oh, no, not today. Not today. I am not. I'm, I am going to be hell whole. Health and healing and prosperous in my soul today because God, you've got a place for us to get today, and I'm gonna, we're gonna get there. The second thing is you begin to exercise a balance in your life. In other words, you start feeding your spirit so your spirit can overrule your soul. Come on, somebody. And then your soul can overrule your body. There's got to be some balance in our life. And number three, anybody know what the third thing was? It's right up on the screen. <laughs> this is an open book test, amen. This is and it says, honor God in all that we do. How do we honor God in all that we do? When I see Christians nowadays doing things that I don't know as if they honor God. You know why? Because their soul is not in that process of restoration. Or they're not, they're not attentive to the spirit of the living God. And they're being led by their soul and not their spirit. You need to be spirit led. You need to be led by the spirit of of God. In, in, in everything that we do, I want to be able to honor God. How many of you know God's involved in everything? Wants you to be involved in everything. Amen. Wants you to advance the kingdom in everything. Can I get an amen? So today's message, I want to talk about soul ties. I'm going to take a few moments and I'm going to knit this thing within you. Because that's what it means. A soul tie is the knitting together of two souls that can either bring Tremendous blessing in a godly relationship or tremendous destruction when you make a soul tie with the wrong person. So we can have a spiritual transference when it's a godly soul tie. Are you with me? And we'll look at that. And or there can be a soulless transference that when it's made with the wrong person. And it can be good or evil. Everybody say good or evil. So we're going to deal with soul ties. This is my anointed whiteboard because we need a, there's two things why people perish. Number one, without a vision, my people perish. Amen. David, the other one says without knowledge, my people perish without knowledge. 
So we're going to be able to bring this. This is the heart. Everybody say the heart. Everybody has a heart, and God wants us to, it to be full. God wants to have a heart like His. How many of you know there's no holes floating in the heart of God? Can I get an amen? amen. You know, and that's what we end up having to deal with ourselves. So let me give you a couple of good biblical examples of some soul ties so I can lay down the foundation. The first one is Jonathan and David. Jonathan and David. David was growing. Jonathan was the son of Saul. Okay? And they had a soul type. The Bible talks about that it, that it was knit together. Knit literally means to tie together or to join together. Do we? Have, is there any knitters? Any of you guys knit at all? Anybody that knits? Okay, can you hold your hand up? Anybody else? We got everybody pointing to Shauna, and Shauna's like, don't oh, me. I, I, crochet. I is crochet a knitting? Is, yes. is that knitting? You tie some stuff together. Let's read you this. Do you knit or crochet? Do we have anybody? We got one, two, three, four. There's four. Five. I bless you guys. My mom was a knitter. I'm telling you that that woman, she would sit over there in her chair and it would be like sparks coming out of there. <laughs> I never did anything with that game. I never, you know, but I didn't get her over there. And it was really great because we lived in upstate New York. And how many of you know it's cold up there? It is cold up there. So we lived in upstate New York, and, and I was the youngest of five, and, and my mom would knit. And she'd come out, I mean, at the end of the weekend, you'd have mittens. You guys may not know what mittens are. Mittens, they don't have fingers. They just have the thumb. You know what I mean? And you slide it on it. She'd have mittens. We'd wear mittens. We all had mittens that were knitted by my mom. Um, a hat, she would knit that. A scarf, she'd knit that. So we'd get a lot of you know Christmas gifts and stuff like that. There was a lot of stuff that we got that was that was knitted, and we needed that. It kept us warm. My mom was amazing. She was a, a great knitter. She was tying that yarn together and making something for us. Let me give you a scripture. First Samuel 18:1. It says, "Now it came when he had finished speaking to Saul that the soul of Jonathan." was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as himself. Okay? There was a, a knitting there in their heart. Okay? This was not a perverse knitting. This was a knitting by God that brought them together. So much so that even that, that, that Jonathan would give up the throne to David because he loved him that much. So when we look at that, we realize that there is there is a, a knitting that took place in Jonathan, and his soul was knit to David. And in verse 3, it says, Jonathan even made a covenant with David because he loved him so much. So their souls were knit together. This was what we would call a godly soul tie. Everybody say godly soul tie. It's a godly soul tie. There are godly soul ties that you can have in your life. Listen to this. The stronger the bonding or soul tie between friends, the deeper and more lasting relationship. The emotional and mental strength of one sustains the other in times of adversity and allows him to rejoice in other times of triumph. When love between friends is pure and not polluted by any selfish desire, the bond between them works for the good in their lives. You may have had soul ties with some people that you know. That it can't be about selfish desires. It has to be about the, the love for one another. That it's pure and not polluted. Okay, It's got to be pure and not polluted. So let me give you another example, if you will. Ruth and Naomi. You guys can look this up later at a time, but Ruth gave up her own family, abandoned her homeland in order to follow and serve her mother-in-law. This was after Ruth's husband died, which was Naomi's son. She stayed with Naomi no matter what because she they were knit together. Their hearts were knit together. So I found this story and I was... I was, I was interested about this story because it was a story of the two guys. Everybody say two guys. They were brothers. And this is a story of a, a godly soul tie. They began to grow up and there was one of them. They were, they were really close in age. <laughs> like two brothers that are pretty close in age. But one was very strong and the other one was not that strong. 
One was very smart, and the other one wasn't as smart as his brother. So as they were growing up and they got in their teenage years, their hearts were so knit together, not just as siblings, but as one another, that, they, that the stronger one said, you know what? He said, I am going to work. And I'm going to work physically. And I'm going to take my money. And then we are going to send you to college. Because you need to go to college. So that stronger brother began to work. And he entered in the workforce. They both graduated from high school. And, and he entered into the workforce. And he physically worked and physically worked and physically worked. And he sent his other brother to college. Paid for his brother to go to college. They had made an agreement because their hearts were so knit together that not only after he paid for his college that he continued to work because that was his gifting, his talents, and his ability. And he loved his brother so much, he said, when you get done, I'm sending you to law school. So that brother worked, and he worked, and he worked, and he worked. And the other brother, God bless you, the other brother went to law school, and he studied and he studied, and he studied, and he studied. And guess what happened? After he graduated from law school, he was able to go into the workplace and get a very prosperous job. Are you with me? And his agreement with his other brother was so much that their hearts were knitted together, that they had made a covenant for one another, that the lawyer brother helped take care of the other brother and his family. That's a godly soul tie. Tell your neighbor, say, that's a godly soul tie. They had such a great love for each other. They supported one another. They benefited from each other, and they grew stronger and stronger together and for each other. Solomon knew that. Tom recently taught about in Ecclesiastes in the adult Sunday school class. And I want to encourage you, if you want to grow, please get involved in that. It's at 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning. <clears throat> Tom taught about Ecclesiastes, but Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, he says this, Solomon understood such a relationship. He said, two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. For if either one of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there's no other or not another to lift him up. So the two come together. In Deuteronomy 32.30 it says, One will put a thousand to flight, two will put what? Ten thousand to flight. In Matthew 18.19 it says, When two come together, agree on any one thing touching, it will be done for us by our Father which is in heaven. And I believe that the early church, when you see it in Acts chapter 4 verse 12, the early church in Jerusalem was so explosive was so powerful was because they understood the godly soul ties that were there. And the Bible actually says that the multitude of them believed and they were of one heart and one soul. They were of one heart and one soul. There's different versions that say spirit and one says soul. They're one heart and one soul. One heart and one soul. The strongest, the most accurate view of a soul tie is what takes place in marriage. It what takes place in marriage. And we want to look at that. That's the highest form is a marriage relationship. Because two people come together, they're knit together, and they're close to each other. They become one flesh, right? You know about that? Those of you that are married... I want you to really absorb this. Those of you that are believing God for a spouse or down the road you may get married or whatever, I want you to listen to this also because it also pertains to you. Because this is what a God and soul tie is about. So according to Deuteronomy, well, let me go back to this. The two people are knit together in the soulless realm and they become one flesh. Everybody say one flesh. There is, uh, there is another word besides knitting together for the soul tie. And it's the word cleave. Everybody say cleave. This cleave means to bring so close together that it's like taking two pieces of wood and gluing it and putting it together. And do you know that if you took those two pieces of wood, glued that together, I mean really glued it together, and you tried to pull it apart, you can't pull it apart. 
the glue will hold on each piece and you'll end up pulling the pieces of wood themselves apart before you'll pull the glue part together. Are you with me? So when you look at that within a marriage covenant that God has ordained for us to be able to walk into, it's the word he uses as cleave. Everybody say cleave. cleave. So cleave is like glue. <laughs> say that. Cleave is like glue. Cleave is like glue. It's like two pieces glued together. Look at Genesis 2.24. It says, A man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and the two will become the two will become one. Look, do you know some people? They get married and they've been married a long time and they look alike. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. You know what I'm talking about. You can look at them and you can see one of them walk and you see the other one walk and they're like, they even walk alike. How about they begin to talk alike? They have the same mannerisms. They have the same idea. Oh, come on, somebody. They become, they become one. They become one. I, 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 I want to be the man version of you. Amen? Uh, I, you know, and, but there's some things that I will say that I will catch her saying. And I'll look at her and she'll go, I got that from you. You know what I mean? Because what happens is the two become one. The two become one. Come on, everybody. The two become one. The two become one. So now all of a sudden there's things she says and that I do. And now she's thinking a certain way. And I'm trying to think that way. I'm still a guy. I think blue when she thinks pink. And there's still a lot of that that's there. And that's okay. But 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 they begin to, to look like each other. They begin to... One person says one thing. Mother. Father will say one thing and mother will finish his sentence. <laughs> Are you with me? How long have you been married? Six. <laughs> How long have they been married? 61. 61 years. 60 plus years, he begins to say one thing, she finishes his sentence. Sometimes all dad has to do is go, and then she'll go on and tell her about the whole deal. Are you with me? So the two becomes one flesh. It's that way. So why? Why do many people struggle with marriage situation. Why are marriages, years ago there used to be over 50% of the marriages don't make it outside the church. And years ago, the church, inside the church, were in its 40s. Now it's over 50% inside the church. Why, what's the difference? Why are marriages not making it? Why are relationships that people are putting together are not making it? Because when you look at the picture of marriage, it's got to be about cleaving to one another. Listen to this. I want to look at some ungodly soul ties, but I want to read this. I got this out of a book. I don't even have the name or the author of the book. But let me listen. Listen to this and let me read this to you. Why, while a soul tie will develop between two people who are open to one another, the strength of those soul ties depends on how deeply involved with one another their hearts become. Okay? How deeply involved with one another their hearts become. We can become soul tied to people we are related to, people that we live and work with, People we associate with, we can become soul tied to people whose leadership we submit to. In fact, the unity we have with others is an expression of our soul ties to them. Since these were, excuse me, since these we are soul tied or knit together, and it's so influential and important in shaping our lives, we should be careful. Very carefully examine our relationship and friendships, including those with our family members. Listen, when a person who is bonded to another person is governed by impure motives or a desire for selfish gain, the soul tie between them can become one that's selfish. And the one that's selfish can begin to manipulate and abuse the other person. A person can actually control another through soul ties because the mind, the will, 
and the emotions of two people are open for one another. In ungodly relationships, these soul ties may place us in an emotional and mental bondage to others and causing us to do and say things to our own hurt. Ungodly soul ties can destroy the ability to commit to one partner. Okay? So there are ungodly soul ties. You guys have seen it. You guys have seen it. You didn't know what it was, but today you're going to know what it is. <laughs> have you ever seen I read a story about a, a, a paralegal. She was working for an attorney. And this guy who was a murderer was in the case. And she began, they did an appeal. And he'd been in jail for many, many years. And she did an, they, She was working on this appeal and was working close with this convict, if I can say that. Okay? And something happened. Because they began to start now plotting a way for him to escape. What happened? Here is a paralegal, an assistant to an attorney that's working on a case. She all of a sudden got soul-tied with an ungodly man. And now all of a sudden the things that he wanted to do, she was actually going against all of her teaching, all of her training, all of her education, all of the oath which she basically took to uphold the law in a proper way. Are you with me? Now all of a sudden she was doing it. What happened? It was a soul tie. Everybody say soul tie. So how does... You ever seen a woman who seems to be helpless or enslaved to a man? It's common behavior for a woman who's been abused by her husband or could be boyfriend at that time, whatever it may be, seeks to get out of that situation. And the domestic crisis center tries to help them break through. But it's a soul tie that all of a sudden she goes back. You know what I'm talking about? And you're thinking, what? What happened? The person was humiliated. The person was hurt. The person was beaten. The person was done all sorts of sexual things to them. Are you with me? But yet that other person still wants to go back to them. What is that? It's a told soul tie. Everybody say soul tie. He insults her. He mistreats her. He verbally abuses her. Now this happens the other way too. Physical abuse can open soul tie wounds. Sexual abuse continues to lie to her, cheats on her. These are ties that are so strong that she leaves but then has to go back. Leaves and then has to go back. Leaves and then has to go back. There's emotional scars. There's physical scars. There's mental scars that are there. That it's almost like when that, it's almost like when that gets opened, then they act differently. So I want us to talk a little bit about these emotional scars. I want to talk a little bit about a fragmented soul. Everybody say fragmented soul. Can you guys see that? I don't know if the light's in there, but I'm going to, this is blue. I'm just going to do that because it's a little bit darker. And this is our heart. Okay? What happens is when we open ourselves up for soul ties. Again, marriage soul ties for the marriage covenant, we need to do that. But it needs to be godly. Hello? Not perverse or not perverted. This may upset some people, but it needs to be between a man and a woman. Are you with me for marriage? Amen. Okay. So when here's here's your heart. So what happens is, and I'm going to give you an example that that it, that at first I was going to give you an example of a lady that I knew. Then I thought, well, I'll just make up the person, right? And then I thought, wait a minute. Here I am at 3.30 in the morning thinking about this with you guys. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, why don't I let you guys tell me some of the situations that people are involved in or have been involved in. Not you personally, always somebody you know or or have dealt with a family member that have created some ungodly soul ties. I'll give you an example. One of them, somebody has, say, premarital sex. Are you with me? And what happens is, here's the person. Let's say the woman has premarital sex with this guy named... Do we have anybody named John? <laughs> In here? Okay. So, 
They have, so what happens is when that person has a sexual relationship, there is a soul tie that's created. Are you with me? Yes. Can I go on? Yes, please. So John has a relationship with Penelope. <laughs> is there Penelope in I was thinking about that at 3.30 in the morning. What name can I use without saying somebody going, that's my daughter, I know her. So what happens is that when that relationship breaks off, she's given part of her heart to John. And what happens is John takes that with him. Are you with me? What happens when somebody is molested as a child? Same situation. There's a soul tie created. I'm looking to see the parents. You're going to have to deal with this. When, when a woman is a virgin and she gets married, has sex, there is, for the first time, there's a soul tie that's created. And if that's not to the husband, then that other person has access to that person's soul. I'm trying to say some things without saying some things. You guys are going to have to read between the lines, all right? So what happens is this person, when the virgin is no longer a virgin, whoever got her virginity has is the person that has that fragment of that soul. Are you with me? Can I go on? So somebody deals with a trauma. Guess what happens? Another part of that heart goes. With me? Can you guys see that? What are some other things people might deal with that would fragment their soul? Death. There's a situation. They're dealing with a trauma. Another situation. There's, that's a portion of their soul, their portion of their heart, if I can say. What else? Loss of child. Loss of child. There we go. What else? Drugs. Drugs. Okay, here we go. What else? Divorce. Divorce. Here we go. What else? Depression. What was that? Depression. Depression. Okay. We're dealing with some situations, and we can't seem to get through with it. And then we get involved in drugs or alcohol or promiscuous affairs. Are you with me? What else? Stress. Oh, stress can open the can it open the door for soul ties? Absolutely. Because you may do some things in the middle of that stress, being led to try to relieve that stress that is not good for your heart, and there there's a big old hole. Are you with me? Betrayal. Betrayal. Lust. Dishonesty. Jealousy. Lust. Here we go. What else? Jealousy. Jealousy. What else? Adoption. There we go. Okay. What else? Dishonesty. Dishonesty. Now, here's Penelope's heart. Do you think Penelope's lived a pretty tough life? Yeah. But you'd be surprised on how many people can be very familiar with Penelope's situation. So Penelope now wants to get married to Ted. This is a real deal. Alright? Penelope wants to get married to Ted. Guess what she's bringing with her? Shelly says, if Ted looks like this. Do you guys understand now why when... The divorce rate for the second time somebody gets married is higher. And the third time it's even higher. And the fourth time it's even higher. Are you with me? The divorce rate increases. Because she's bringing a fragmented or scattered soul into the environment to the situation. Can I get real with you? Mine didn't look quite like that. But I had issues. And before Shelly and I got married, we dealt with them. 
Shelley had some issues, but we dealt with them. I have not been in a relationship as strong and as powerful and as amazing as our relationship is. And I was laying in bed thinking about that and how we want that for you with your spouse or to-be spouse or future spouse. Are you with me? That we wanted it to be to where you can go into a relationship without being like Swiss cheese and having holes blown in. Because then what happens is Penelope gets together with Ted. Ted doesn't know about all that stuff. And then all of a sudden it starts coming out. Are you with me? And Ted can't deal with it. Or Ted doesn't have the capability. Or Ted doesn't have the spiritual fortitude within him. You know what I mean? To be able to help walk through this. And then Ted's like, see ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. I'm out. She's nuts. Right? And it could be the other way around. Penelope's looking at Ted going, he's nuts. There's issues. Ted's got issues. I got news for you. We all got some issues. That's right. Yeah, well, but today, God's going to break some of this off. Amen? Amen. So what's going on in your soul? What are some of the issues that are there? See, because what happens was when we deal with a fragmented soul, the person is unable to give themselves wholly, fully to their mate. There's emotional difficulty. They've got to navigate those waters. They're poor relationships. I don't want to communicate. I told her no. That's the way it stands. <laughs> Can you talk about it? I mean, it's just who's taking out the trash. <laughs> right? Nope, not negotiable. Because why? Because we are dealing with the hurts and the pains of our soul. We're dealing with those situations. A person is controlled psychologically and under the power of another person. I think you're looking for Mario in here because it's called a Linda notes. It's the Stockholm syndrome. Syndrome, and that happens. I'm not to control Shelly. Shelly's not to control me. Are you with me? But we had to go through, and I had to get my I had to get my heart right so I could give her my whole heart, and she could give me her whole heart. We have couples trying to give each other this to him, and his is just as bad, and it's just a matter of time before it breaks down. So I want to go through, and I want to break off some soul ties. I want to cut off some soul ties. And if you and the worship team will go ahead and come on up. This is a very holy moment. And I really felt the Lord wanted me to tell you this is a holy moment. Sometimes some of the situations we're dealing with in our heart are not issues that you have been responsible for. They can be issues that you have no responsibility in there whatsoever. There can be generational things coming down the line. Are you with me? That those, that those things that you, can I say, inherited or having to deal with. Okay? It's a fragmented soul. Somebody say fragmented soul. Why are we not living the life that Christ died for us to live? Because there's some issues we can't seem to get over. Because what happens is this. When we start dealing with it, then we start cutting it off. Now there's another issue in your life, and then you deal with it, and you cut it off. And we're going to pray. And then all of a sudden you deal with it and you cut it off. And you deal with that and then you cut it off. And you deal with this and you cut it off. And sooner or later you're going to have that. Don't you want that Chloe from your mate? He wants it to. But if we go into a relationship with all of the junk. All of the junk. Then we're bringing the junk in, and you're trying to have her fix the junk. <coughs> There's some junk in your trunk, and we got to get the junk out of your trunk. Can I get an amen? amen. amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The moment starts to smile now, like yeah, yeah. There's some junk because why? Because that's what Christ died for. If He died for us to have life, yeah. 
and to have it more abundantly, then we got to deal with that soul tie issue. I don't know about you. And Shelly's like, I, this, uh, this thing, this, this other thing was me. But I had to deal with that. And there were times where some of that stuff tries to come back or she'll hear about that and go, I don't even know that guy. I don't either. But I tried to move forward and I took one step forward and two steps backward. And I tried to do good and I tried to do better. And it wasn't about my works. It was about me trusting God and saying, wait a minute, right. I believe now that stuff is broken off. Oh. And i got to break that situation off of my life. Right. Those soul ties are so strong. Ungodly soul ties are so strong that I read recently where a person that had had a sexual relationship with this person in high school, 40 years later, they both left their spouses and now they're living together because of what? There was a soul tie that was generated when they were 17 years old and that thing reared its head up because they went to a reunion. And it was like, oh, don't you remember? And guess what? All those emotions came back. All those emotions started coming back. And they started looking at the other person and said, wouldn't it have been wonderful if we were together all of our life? I've missed out on all this, and you've missed out on all this. And they went back and divorced their spouses, and now they're together. And guess what? There's still issues going to be in their life. Yeah. Well, what is it, Shauna, that you said you got to deal with one or you deal with it deal with, it with another? You, you deal with it with one or you deal with another. So no matter what situation you're in, we want to begin to start dealing with this. So I don't know about you, but I'm ready for these soul ties to be broken off yeah. of you. I'm ready for you guys. Oh, me too. Whatever I got. I'm, uh, you know, I, if you don't let them come back, if you keep them out... If we, if we continue to live and follow after the things of God and understand what He died on the cross for us to be able to have life and the life more abundantly, then I want you to have life. And we're going to break off those soul ties. They have to go. Are you ready? Yes. Are you? Well, i got three people ready. Are you ready? <laughs> listen, listen, listen. This is serious. Years ago, I counseled with somebody and I said, you got to take care of this soul tie issue. You will never be able to move forward in your marriage, future marriage, if you don't deal with this one soul tie issue. And I knew the person. And guess what they told me? Nope. <laughs> nope. They're not married today. They've been in relationship after relationship after relationship after relationship. Are you with me? I'm serious. It's a real deal. You know why? They didn't deal with that one person. They wanted to keep that soul tie. They wanted to try to keep control over that one person. Are you with me? But guess what? That one person started dealing with the soul tie from them, and now that sucker is cut off. And it's cut off on her part, but he still has issues with it. Because you know why? That thing's still pulling it. What's pulling you? What's pulling you? It can be drugs. It can be alcohol. Anything else that's trying to keep you from the life that God wants you to have. And I want to break this off. Not only do I want to break this off, I'm going to give you what we're going to, we're going to declare. We're going to decree a thing. There's some of you that keep up with the Jewish calendar and stuff like that. I'm here to tell you, we are in a Jewish month that basically says whatever you begin to declare and decree with your mouth is going to be established over the next 10 years. Mm. We're dealing with this today. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. We're dealing with this today. We're going to deal with it today, and we're going to walk out the fruits of it over the next 10 years. Can I get an amen? amen. This is a prayer for ungodly soul time. I need you in this, and I don't need you just, if you don't want to do it, then fine, don't do it. Will, will you come back and pray for me, Pastor? Yeah, I'll probably bring a sheet back to you when your situations in your life are not good and say, let's deal with them soul ties now. But why wait? Let's deal with it now. Somebody say now. Now. Now, now faith is. If you got faith to deal with this, if you got faith for these things to be done, you know the situations in your life. Some of you know the pull that's there. And some of you are here because of that reason. I believe that I was praying today and I said, God, 
These people need to be here. Those that are dealing with this situation need to be here today because now things are going to shift. Now things are going to change. Their soul is not going to be the same. These things that are, that are they look like Swiss cheese. I got news for you. The Swiss cheese is gold. Can I get an amen? amen. Say this after me. Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus I, submit my soul, I submit my soul, my desires, my, desire, my, emotions, my emotions, to your spirit. To your spirit. I, confess, I confess as sin, as sin all, my all my promiscuities, premarital sex, premarital sex. All my sexual relationships. All my sexual relationships. Outside of marriage. Outside of marriage. I confess. I confess. All my ungodly spirit, all soul, my, and body ties. All my ungodly spirit, soul, and body ties. again. I confess. I confess. All my ungodly spirit, soul, and body ties. All my ungodly spirits are on body and times. As sin. As sin. I thank you. I thank you. Right now. Right now. For cleansing me. For cleansing me. We're not done. Come on. But it's being cut off. Sorry, guys. You're no longer going to have control over this heart. Come on. Sorry, guys. Let's go. No, we're no longer going to have control over this heart. Sorry, devil. Yeah. No Come longer going to have control over right. this heart. That's right. Say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I ask that you lose from me. I ask that you lose from me. All soulish ties. All soulish ties. From my past. From my past. From my past sexual partners. From my past sexual partners. And ungodly relationships. And ungodly relationships. Father, I thank you. Father, I thank you. For giving me the keys of your kingdom. For giving me the keys of your kingdom. The keys of spiritual authority. The keys of spiritual authority. What I bind is bound. What I bind is bound. What I loose is loose. What I loose is loose. Please root up all tentacles of sexual bondage. Please root up all tentacles of sexual bondage. Of emotional longings. Of emotional longings. And dependencies. And dependencies. And enslaving thoughts. And enslaving thoughts. And actions. And actions. I bind. I bind. I renounce. I renounce. And I resist any evil spirit. I resist any evil spirit. That tries to reinforce those soul ties. That tries to reinforce those soul ties. That have been transferred to me. That have been transferred to me. Through me. Through me. With evil association. With evil association. Please cleanse my soul. Please cleanse my soul. Please cleanse my soul. Please cleanse my soul. Help me to forget. Help me to forget. All illicit unions. All illicit unions. So I am free. So I am free. Free to give my soul. Free to give my soul. Totally to you. Totally to you. And to my mate. And to my mate. Father, I receive your forgiveness. Father, I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for remembering my sins no more. Thank you for remembering my sins no more. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for cleansing me. From all unrighteousness. From all unrighteousness. I commit myself to you. I commit myself to you. Totally to you. Totally to you. By your grace. By your grace. Please keep me holy in my spirit. Please keep me holy in my spirit. Holy in my soul. Holy in my soul. Including my mind. Including my mind. My will. My will. My emotions. My emotions. My spirit. My spirit. Soul. Soul. And body. And body. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for purifying me. Thank you for purifying me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. What I want to do is I want to pray. And we're going to call back those things, those pieces of the soul that are outside the heart. Are you with me? We're going to call them back in place. Or you've given it to somebody else, whether it was through sexual issues, whether it was through emotional ties, whether it was through other ways of doing it. I mean, there could be demonic witchcraft stuff that's working here that you've given it. When I was in Africa, there were people that had, were dedicating their children to a demonic spirit. 
And these people have been living, they're 40, 50, 60 years old, coming out of the crowd that they were dedicated to this evil spirit. And we broke them off. Come on, somebody. So if you will, just stand to your feet. I want to pray, and we're going we're to call those things back. And then we're going to have... If you, if you get this, we'll just pull that up. We're going to pray, we're going we're to call those things back, and then we're going to worship the Lord. Are you guys ready? Are you ready? Yes. Just lift your hands to the Lord a moment. I see hearts that are being restored right now. I see godly love that's coming forth right now. And right now in the name of Jesus, right now in the name of Jesus, I just begin to call those things back. Those relationships from the past that the enemy may have part of that fragmented soul, we cut those off right now in the name of Jesus. And we say it's to return back. It's to return back to the heart. It's returned back. Every fragmented piece, every scattered soul, every part of that is to begin to be returned right now in Jesus' name. I see it's almost like a it's almost like a flooding that's coming in, that, it, that there's pieces being able to be put back in place. It's almost like if some of y'all have done it, what I've done. You've done a jigsaw puzzle and you got down and there was one piece missing. And it just so happened to be a piece that could complete the whole thing and you never felt you completed it because that one piece is missing. Some of you are at a place where there's just that one piece, and here it is. There it comes. It's coming right back. You're going to look underneath the table and say, hey, there's that piece that fell down there. Let's put it right in. This completes me. Father, we declare right now in the name of Jesus that every piece, every fragment, every part is coming back. It's being returned right now. It's putting been putting back in place right now. That their soul is becoming whole. Their soul is becoming whole. So they can begin to give their soul to you. Their whole soul to you. And then they'll be able to give that to their mates right now. Father, I thank you that, that, that you are bringing this to pass right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said.